you know, in design school here, you have to rationalize absolutely every single little decision you make. You don't have to tell the client that or, you know, the team you're working with that in the real world. You don't have to explain your every decision because you've been through that training and, you know, you've been hired because they trust you to make the right decision. And so obviously you're designing with those things in mind, but that doesn't mean you have to explain it to them every single time you share a piece of work. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke. And I'm Charlie. And today we're going to be talking about life after design school. Now, graduating design school was several years ago now for me. Uh, it was a bit more recent for you, Fem. Yeah. But we've, we've had a request to talk about it, like what it's like to leave design school and whether, I suppose, the quote-unquote real world of design met our expectations or not. So it should be a good chat and we've got some good questions as well from some of our listeners who are currently studying and who are wondering, you know, about some things after design school. So this should be good. First though, for our weekly check-in, haven't said that for a while. (laughs) How has everything gone for you this week, Fem? You know, it's been quite a good week. I have been trying the monthly focus thing this month. Awesome. Yeah, and I found that that's really like it's always in the back of my mind when I'm doing stuff, which is yep. good. Like it encourages me to work on, you know, th- whatever the thing is that's related to that monthly focus. So I've had a really good week. I've been spending um, a lot of time so far this month on my newsletter. So just trying to improve the experience for people that are signing up, uh, also improve the value and the experience for people who are already signed up. And so far it's been going really well I've I've been really enjoying it and having a good time and getting to know my subscribers a little bit better so yeah it's it's been a good week that's awesome when you were getting to know your subscribers you did a thing that I did as well recently where we sent out like links for people to click right and say mine was what you're interested in hearing about from me and yours was asking like what profession they're in right yeah so I basically just wanted to learn a little bit more about who my subscribers are and what their profession is, what they do. So I basically asked them that and there were sort of like four different things to choose from. And that was really insightful. Um, the results were sort of what I expected. Majority are designers by far. Cool, but that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. But it's also good to see or interesting to see, I suppose, people from other professions too, like a copy editor, a developer, a videographer, a writer, etc. So that was really cool. And uh, now I've, you know, added a little custom field to all of my subscribers. So now when I search someone, I can know exactly who they are and what profession they're in, which is pretty cool. That's really cool. For mine, I was asking, like I said, what people were interested in. And mm-hmm. I gave the options of learning design, hearing about productivity and, you know, getting things done. And also just if you're interested in me, like personal stories in my work. And yeah, the results were really interesting. The majority were interested in learning design. But then the second biggest category was people interested in hearing about my life and my work, which I found That's quite cool. flattering. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited now to have this data and be able to send like... Because I always wonder with the type of content I create, you know, teaching design, I know not everyone's interested in the nitty gritty details because not everyone is is doing that. But now I've got this list of people who I can get like super design nerdy with. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be cool. 
Yeah. So what are you planning to do with that data? Are you just planning or hoping that that will help you narrow your focus a bit more about what type of content you want to share? Or are you going to like split those people out and only send them certain things? Like what are you planning to do? I think it will help me think about where best to send content. So like I want to get into not so much sending newsletters, but sending like email courses, I suppose. So maybe it's like a group of my videos that I've put together and maybe some writing that I've done specifically for the newsletter. And so there might be one about productivity to those people, one about learning design to those people, you know, and perhaps the more newslettery type content will go out to the ones who are interested in my work and, and personal stories. Yeah, that'll be really interesting to see. Because what was your monthly focus for February? Was it your newsletter as well? You know what? It's not been, but it's turned out to be. <laughs> my monthly focus this month is I really wanted to get my line of screen prints up in oh, my store. That's right. Yeah. So it's been on my to-do list every single day, pretty much, to finish printing all the posters, but it's not happened yet. So um, yeah, like you said, though, having that monthly focus means it is in your mind. And so I'm still determined to get it done because come on it's not going to take that much work so I just need to do it you know (laughs) well we're only sort of just past halfway through the month so you still have time to do it exactly I've also picked up a couple of like there's a freelance project I'm working on and also a sponsored video series and so I don't know just other things have come up where people are paying me for them so I have to put them first you know right yeah obviously oh that's good though that you're you're keeping busy exactly Well, after that long intro, (laughs) let's just start with, because I think this is an interesting question to ask and to think about. Like, I asked this of our Twitter audience and I found it interesting to reflect on myself. So, is life after design school everything that you thought it would be? You know, when I was at design school, I didn't really know what I thought it was going to be. Interesting. And so, for me, I didn't really have many expectations. I was still a little bit not confident about what I wanted to do exactly like I was still in that in between phase of do I want to do agency life is advertising something I want to do or do I want to stick in the tech industry I was still kind of juggling with that at that point of time so I feel like you know working in-house versus outhouse or you know agency versus working in something like tech are very different paths and totally different Uh, bubbles you know and so at the time I wasn't really sure what life after design school was going to be for me so I don't know I think maybe the only sort of thing that really changed for me is that I felt more involved in the design industry after I left design school as opposed to when I was at design school which maybe there's you know design students listening to this now and already participating a lot in the design industry which I think is really cool and something that I didn't do as much of when I was in design school that I wish I I did that more I feel like when I was at design school I really was in that bubble of design school and this is everything right now and you know not worrying about what's on the outside and what's going to be waiting for me once I got there yeah that is interesting I felt like the design industry was this like super elite thing when I was in design school because I did feel very removed from it and like right. I wasn't really a part of it and same when I first uh, entered like in my first job even I didn't really feel like I was part of the design industry you know because it was just me and one other designer there but honestly 
being on the internet is what has mostly connected me to the design industry and working in tech because there's so many designers in tech who are on on Twitter, you know, having conversations about that sort of thing. And that's made me feel a lot more connected and, you know, want to contribute stories myself to, to that sort of sort of narrative. So would you say then that life after design school met your expectations and was what you thought it was going to be or was it quite different? It was quite different, but it was better than I expected, <laughs> if that makes sense. We've talked about this before, how when I was in design school, all I really heard about was agency life, either agency life or freelance. It was a lot about clients. And so I was thinking that, you know, being in the real world of design would mean a lot of big client meetings and these giant glass offices with long tables, you know, and um, <laughs> uh, lots of presentations where you have to like stand in front of the room and present your work, etc. Yeah, that's the impression of it that I had. And I suppose that's sort of how things were operating at design school as well. It's not been like that. It's been much more casual for me. And uh, like I said before, I've found in-house design too. So I work with the same brand, which means you can get a lot closer to it. And you're technically part of the client as well as the designer. It's this weird mix. And I turned out to really love that. And I didn't really know that existed while I was in design school. So that was a fun thing to discover on the other side. And I guess to discover that... The design industry is so much bigger and there's so many more options than you might have originally thought. Um, even though I said that freelancers talked about as an option in design school, really I don't feel like it was as much as agency work. Do you, Would you feel like that too? Whereas, yeah, I think so. Like the tutor would always say things like, oh, you know, when you're going to be pitching this to a client. And yes, yes, exactly. When you're going to be talking to the client, you've got to be doing this, you know, rah, rah, always about the client. And I think they really sort of try and prepare you for those client presentation type situations, which, by the way, I've never had to do uh, in the real world. But, you know, we'd always have to stand up in front of the class and present your work and, oh, this is preparing you for later on. But I've never had to do that. Um, but I can imagine that if you are wanting to pursue agency life, that you probably will be in that situation at some point, having to present to a client. Uh, I just haven't really been in that situation as an in-house designer. Yeah, neither. But, I mean, those things are good because it gets you used to talking about your work and totally. rationalizing your decisions and you know yeah. helping with your design thinking. But, yeah, the reality is that's not actually what you spend your time doing as part of your job as a designer. So that's been interesting. Um, Did you find that the team-based projects, like when you had to work with someone at design school on a project together, I know that they do that to try and prepare you for the real world when you're going to be working with a real team. Do you feel like that did prepare you at all for any of that or did you find it more of a frustrating experience more than anything else? Definitely more of a frustrating experience than anything else. <laughs> I mean, it's always good to work with other people and hear their ideas, but group designing, I feel, just does not work, like, on most projects. Mm -hmm. Usually, like, even, even in the real world from my experience, designers will always have their own, like, little part of what they're working on. Like, obviously, there's going to be a product team or whatever that's working on the same project, but this person might be thinking about this part of it and this person's thinking about the navigation or whatever and they all come together so they are working as a team in that way but they're not 
like literally sitting there designing the same thing together i just don't think that that's how generally it works and that's how we found ourselves doing group projects in design school it'd be like oh shall i put this here does everyone agree okay cool we'll put that there right Right, next piece (laughs) (laughs) yeah it doesn't really go that way in the real world i've found no (laughs) there's a lot of little things like that that i feel i don't know maybe we took them to mean that these happened in the real world but perhaps better it could have been better communicated that this is really just a teamwork exercise you know this is not actually how things yep. work. <laughs> what did you feel about like the design process that you had to go through at school compared to the real world? Like when I was at school, it was very methodical. Like, oh, in week one, you're going to think about ideas. And in week two, you're going to create a mood board and then we'll put that all up on the wall and everyone can critique each other's uh, I found that in the real world, it's not quite always that methodical and at design school we're constantly encouraged to to present our work to the to the rest of the class like no matter sort of where you're up to like basically day two put up your idea on the wall and I find that in the real world you're not showing as often or or that early all the time like sometimes I still in the real world struggle to know, okay, when is a good time to share this for critique? You know, when am I at the point where I need feedback and when I need help from others? Whereas in design school, that's very guided. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. This is interesting. So I feel like my process is still very methodical, maybe even more methodical now that I've developed my own process, I suppose, outside of design school, but it just moves a lot faster. So that, you know, idea and mood board phase will be done in a couple of hours rather than a couple right. of weeks right. like it is in design school. So everything moves a lot quicker and you get to the meat of it a lot faster because I suppose you've spent all these years learning how to, you know, do design thinking and to um, validate your ideas, I suppose, and get the, gather those inspirations. You know, they come to mind because you've got this bank saved up in your memory almost and you've got the ideas yourself and you don't have to rely on outside sources quite so much. So yeah, that phase can happen a lot quicker. And about showing your work, this is a really interesting one. I've found that when what I do for knowing when to show my work, because I work in-house, so I feel like it's a bit different with a client. You don't want to show your client too many steps along the way because yeah. they don't understand the design process or whatever, and they might get worried that something doesn't quite look as finished as they were expecting. Like, what are these grey rectangles on <laughs> yeah, the page? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you don't, want to, you don't want to freak the client out by showing them work that's too early, but What I do is I share work when either I need feedback in order to continue or I've got to commit to a path and so I need feedback on which path to commit to before I go too far down the wrong one. So that's sort of when my rule for asking for feedback. And I I share work quite often, I I would say, with, with my team, you know, at various stages. I'll, yeah, show them what I'm up to and, and get their thoughts on it. But yeah, it's, it is quite different from that whole putting it on the wall and thinking deeply about a mood board situation that you do in design school. Yeah, I, I found that too. Like, I don't really remember the last time I shared a mood board for critique, you know, like, I feel like that's yeah. something you do at school is, oh, put your mood board up and we'll uh, all talk about it and critique it. Uh, I just don't feel like, mostly like we don't have time for that. And, you know, after design school, like, 
we've got these deadlines that they're not six weeks long. They're like one week long where you have to create something. And so you just have to move at a much faster pace. Yeah, totally. Has that been, do you think, one of the hardest reality checks of entering the real world of design? Because I think it has been for me is the timeline of things is a lot quicker than design school. Like at design school, I thought I was busy and like, oh, this project is so stressful, <laughs> and this deadline. Then you get to the real world and like, dude, those are nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think that and also working, I mean, this also comes from being in-house as opposed to working at an agency but having to work with people of different disciplines, so having to mm. work with other teams. You know, when you're in design school, you only work with other designers. And in the real world, you end up working with all all different kinds of people. Like maybe you're working with a copywriter or a developer or a photographer. And so just having to form those relationships and understandings with people from other teams who come from, you know, completely different disciplines and think think about things completely differently. Uh, and I found that to be quite a reality check in terms of how the work that I'm doing fits into a greater puzzle and how I need to make sure that all of those puzzle pieces fit nicely. Yeah, that's a really great point. And it, it's made me think too that I feel like the presenting that we do in design school, you know, when you're talking about your work, really because you're talking to other designers, I don't know how good preparation that is because right. that I'm just remembering now that that was a really thing I had to get my head around was I would talk about something and then have to like really explain what I meant by that because not everyone's a designer and not everyone has been through the yeah. design training that I have. And so yeah. they don't know what, what, if I say a grid, for example, they're like, what do you mean a grid? I don't see a grid. And you're like, oh no, that's just what I did the layout with, oh, uh, <laughs> you know. You have to learn how best to talk about design to non-designers. And I think that's a good like reality check as to your work and and those minute details and how not everyone cares for the... You know, in design school here, you have to rationalize absolutely every single little decision you make. Yeah, You don't yep. have to tell the client that or, you know, the team you're working with that in the real world. You don't have to explain your every decision because you've been through that training and you know, you've been hired because they trust you to make the right decision. And so obviously you're designing with those things in mind, but that doesn't mean you have to explain it to them every single time you share a piece of work. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think being able to communicate your design to non-designers is a skill. And I think that's something that you learn in the real world and that design school doesn't really prepare you for. I mean, it prepares you for sharing your design with other people but when you're only having to share it to other designers yeah you kind of that, that's a bit different than if you had to share it with someone who has no idea in, in what any of the concepts or the terminology is yeah exactly let's get a bit more positive not that that was negative in any way but you know <laughs> what have been some of the best things that you've discovered about the working world of design versus design school money <laughs> I mean obviously yeah uh, at design school you're doing it for free and in the real world you get paid so that's in fact in design benefit. school you're paying to do it exactly uh, but that aside because uh, that's kind of obvious uh, I think just having more creative freedom and that might sound strange because when you're working somewhere 
like especially in-house, you know, you're kind of bound to the constraints of the brand, whatever. But I find that I have more time. So when you're studying, you know, you're really trying to cram things in. You're probably working a part-time job as well, if not full-time one. And you, you don't have much creative freedom or time outside of work and study and family life, etc., to really explore creatively for yourself because you're bound to whatever the, the current project is that you're working on. And I found that the constraints were very constraining uh, at, in design school. Uh, but, I mean, in the real world, I think you know, you kind of close the door at five o'clock, so to speak, supposedly. And uh, then you have this extra time in your day, which if you wanted to, you could spend that, you know, exploring more things and you've got more creative freedom to work on a side project or create something just for fun or do something just because you wanted to explore that, that little idea that you had. And I found that at design school, you don't really get the opportunity to do that and just explore things for the heck of it. You know, you really have to be constrained to whatever the brief is of the project and you don't get much extra time to explore your other ideas. Yeah, almost like you're having to use up every single last ounce of creativity you have on your brief just yes. to, to get by. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, that's been something I love as well. I feel so free since finishing design school. Mm -hmm. I've just, I feel like it's probably something to do with getting older as well and like, you know, aging and getting to know yourself more but I do just feel like I have found my place in this world and I'm glad I went to design school because it's allowed me to have the opportunities that I have now but I am not the type of person who looks back on university days as the greatest days of my life 100% right no way I <laughs> love being in the working world I love having a job and I love having a job that I enjoy doing like you said money and that's so true like I remember getting my first paycheck as a graphic designer as my job title and I was like oh my gosh if I do this right I never have to work in a store again like, right yeah if I keep this up I don't have to be standing behind a counter and scanning clothes or whatever trying to convince someone to buy this suit to earn a living like I can be being creative and making cool things and that's how I'm going to earn money and it kind of like, obviously, I was going to design school, and so I knew that that was the end goal, but it didn't really hit me until I had that first job and got my first paycheck and was like, this is happening. Like, you know, I've got a life of this in front of me, and I'm pleased to say that it has turned out, and, you know, each job I've had has been better than the last, and I'm doing more and more cool stuff every day, and that's really exciting. I feel, like, a huge sense of freedom in that. Yeah, I think it's very rewarding, right, is, is what I get from what you said yeah definitely and so if anyone's in design school and are feeling like that you know they like the idea of design but they're not loving the projects they're working on or whatever I I would say stick through it because there's a whole nother world on the other side and you can find your place there did you feel like when you were at design school you were sort of confined to the design school bubble like did you follow industry leaders on Twitter? Did you go to sort of meetups that were more aimed for working professionals as opposed to designers, et cetera? Or, or did you kind of just stay in that classroom bubble? I definitely stayed in that classroom bubble. And that if I was to do it again, not that I ever would, <laughs> um, I, that's definitely something I would change. Is So anyone who's currently studying, go to a meetup or whatever and try and talk to people who are in the industry for some reason, I don't know why, it just 
didn't cross my mind that that was a thing that I was allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I never tried. Um, and it, I think it, that could have really helped me feel much more excited about, you know, I was loving design, obviously, but if I could have been talking to more people and getting to know them who worked in the industry, it would have made me much more excited about it. Obviously, I would follow their work by like looking at their website or whatever, but and like following them on Twitter. But I think that's different than having an actual conversation with people who work in the industry. Yeah, I agree. And I think it opens you up to different perspectives of things as well. Like you get to meet all different kinds of designers from all different disciplines and in-house and out-house, et cetera. And, you know, that could also lead you up to a job at the end of it, right? Yeah, definitely. So might as well start early. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And I think it's also like from a Twitter perspective, you know, I think it's awesome to follow different designers from around the world and it gives you a bit of a a glimpse or an insight into what the real world is, I think, when it comes to being a designer. So yeah, if you're a student, I would encourage you to go and follow some industry leaders or people that you look up to, people that are already working in the real world and get a bit of an insight into what it's really like. Definitely. So we asked our listeners as well, like I said at the start, whether design school was what they thought it would be. We've got some answers that I want to share. Um, Jessica says, no, I thought I'd have a job. And this is the case for a lot of people, sadly. I think exiting design school, like, yeah, it's always hard to get a job. And I feel like it's getting harder and harder these days. Like the standards are, are very, very high. So I think you do have to expect to be hunting around for a while um, you know, after you graduate. So that's even more reason to start laying that groundwork, right? Before. Yeah, that's before what I was, that's totally what I was going to say is that's even more incentive to be a part of your local design community while you're still in design school. You know, you could meet people that could offer you a job when you graduate. So yeah, I, I just encourage people to be as active as they can. And just because you're a student doesn't mean you're not a designer. Like, yeah, I feel like maybe people were worried like oh but you know there's real designers at those meetups like there's not a place for me there I'm just a student no one's gonna care about me being there it's just for you know adults uh but uh, I think that's bullshit like just ignore that I think that's even more incentive for you to go and meet those people and you know be mentored by them I think it's a great opportunity and sets you up in a lot better or more promising position when when you eventually do go to graduate exactly well said Libby as well said it was a struggle to find a job and then I got a corporate job which I thought I would hate but I actually really like it and that's good and and that's a case of keeping your mind open right for opportunities. Totally yeah that is really awesome that's good for her that she found something that she enjoys even if it's not what she you know thought it was going to be originally. I mean my job isn't what like you know I left design school intending to do either and I've obviously turned out to really love it so yeah, it's good to keep your mind open to, to things that perhaps you weren't originally considering. Did you know this is a fun fact about fem time? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> that uh, I actually once applied for graduate jobs at big accounting firms like Deloitte's and EY, etc. Like to be an accountant? Like, yeah, kind of. Like to just join their consultancy. Wow. I can't imagine you doing that at all. <laughs> I know. I think like me not getting any of those jobs was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. 
Yeah, totally. And that was you probably applied for those because that's what everyone else was doing, right? Exactly. So this is when yeah. I was studying business. I yeah. I also have a degree in business. And when I was graduating from that, that's what everyone was doing. Like literally everyone was applying for these, you know, hotshot corporate jobs. Uh, and I, I actually went out of the way. I made videos for my applications, which, you know, when Amazing. I think back to it, it was pretty, pretty cool. Why did they not hire you? I don't know. Idiots. I was probably like not smart enough or something. But uh, yeah, then I realized that I would hate my life if I went and did that. And so I went and did design. Nice. A little background that's, story there. Yeah, but, that's you good. know, corporate jobs, they're not for everyone. But, you know, if, if that is something that you enjoy, then that's awesome. Like find whatever makes you happy. Yeah. And if, if a job is being offered to you and it's a corporate one, give it a chance. You know, yeah. you can always quit if you don't like it. Exactly. You might turn out to really like it like Libby does. Exactly. Florencio says, for me, it was different in regards to timetables. This is what we were talking about before. He says, at design school, they usually give you some time, like a week to think and mock and get a final concept. But in my experience, I have run into needing a final design done by the end of the day. And (laughs) that is so true. Like for things like, for example, designing an invitation for something like an event that your company is putting on or whatever. At design school, you'd like like do concepts one week and then like maybe by the start of the next week you'd have your design but that is just something that as a professional designer you just need to crank out and get it done yeah I I agree and if you're working in-house that becomes easier in a way right to Definitely. do things faster because you've got like a whole brand you know identity to work with and you can just pull in elements and you already know what typeface you're going to use so that kind of becomes a little bit easier Yeah, for sure. Elsa says that at design school, you are asked to be creative in all parts of the process. So, you know, you have to be creative from day one. But in the real world, your creativity is a lot more constrained and you can only enter the process after a certain point. Also budgets, she adds on the end, which that is true. Yeah. I don't know. Do you you find that, Charlie, that, I mean, if you are working on the project – sort of as a team or with other people that you sort of only enter at a certain stage and aren't sort of there from its inception? I always try and be there from its inception, but obviously at a company, other people are going to have conversations without you there. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to come to you when they've got the idea already formed. Whereas at design school, you get the brief and then you get to come up with the idea, you know, and, and form it from there. Whereas as the designer, when you've got people coming to you with something, you have to then get to the root of the problem you know, work backwards with them and and figure it out from there. So you're not there to for that initial ideas part. Um, and also you're sometimes coming into things that have already been started by, by someone else, like right. the brand's already there, for example, you know, so you're not creating it from scratch every time. I'm okay with this, to be honest. Like it doesn't, it doesn't bother me, but, but yeah, I can definitely see how that is different from, being in design school and budgets is the is definitely a, a thing as well you know at design school we we're mostly thinking conceptually and so we'd have all these big ideas for things and be like oh yeah obviously we'll have a billboard and obviously we'll have this <laughs> giant typography on the side of a building but then you get to the real world and there's budget constraints and you can't golden boss you know this booklet cover because you're meant to produce a run of three thousand of them right and that just won't be in the budget <laughs> yeah that's totally true did you, sorry, this is going a little bit on a tangent, but did you also find when you were at design school, like basically the whole time you're sort of 
drawing and you know actually designing things and making things whereas in the real world there's a lot more behind the scenes stuff like a lot more planning and preparation and you know you're not sitting in sketch or photoshop from nine to five like I think when you're in design school you kind of expect that that's going to be your life like oh I'm just going to be in photoshop the entire day but yeah in reality it's not really like that yeah, yeah, that is so true. I didn't even think about that before, but definitely. Like yesterday morning, for example, I think I spent two whole hours reviewing the build of a site and like taking screenshots and playing around in the dev tools and figuring out what needed to change to fix it and leaving notes. You know, that's not actually the, the design process. Well, I mean, it's part of it, yeah. but it's not designing in itself. And yeah, those sorts of things definitely come up. There's writing up um, documentation, also, yesterday I wrote a thing about how to use our slide template that I designed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. Lots of that stuff involved. And yeah, having meetings and talking through designs, getting feedback. Yeah, actually, yeah, you don't spend as much time as you think actually on the tools. Yeah. So like rough percentage of your day spent actually designing, what would you say? Mm, it depends on the project. But I'm going to say like... 70%. Okay, that's higher than Maybe. I thought, so that's good. Yeah, I might be wrong because I'm just thinking of this off the top of my head right now. <laughs> I have no like facts or research to back this up. Yeah. <laughs> what about yours? Uh, less, probably like 20%. Yeah, well, that's because you do marketing things yeah. as well, right? I so do a lot of, of marketing and communication and at the moment I'm working on a video project, so I'm not really spending much time in you know tools like Sketch at all. I'm mostly doing video work. Fair enough. Should we end on some questions? Because I tweeted out asking if anyone who's currently studying had any questions for us about, you know, stuff they wanted to know after design school. Yep. And by the way, anyone listening, this is like an open call. You can ask us things like this anytime that you like and we'll be there to answer because I think it's cool. Like we want to be this resource for you to find out about life in the industry, even though obviously we can only talk to our specific part of the industry. But anyway, (laughs) so... Uh, Holly says, how is it adjusting from design school to a full-time job in design? It sounds glorious to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to me, it is glorious also. Um, I didn't find it that much of an adjustment. It was exciting getting to know how to work as a company and like be a professional designer and going to meetings and talking about design rather than talking about you know who's on the shift schedule this week was incredibly exciting to me. And it's good to think back and remember that. And, and appreciate it how did you find adjusting to full-time job after school yeah I mean the same thing what I mentioned earlier I think just having to adjust to working with different teams from different disciplines like yeah. when you're at school and no matter what you're studying you know whether it's accounting or design you're only surrounded by people who are on the same wavelength as you because they're studying the same thing Uh, But when you enter the real world, you have to communicate to people from all different disciplines and that have a different range of skills and see things in a different way. And so that for me was an adjustment, but also like a good learning experience and a good learning opportunity too is, you know, learning how teams can work together and what, what does that team do? What does this team do? You know, I, I, I really enjoy that, you know, how different disciplines and different teams can come together to work together, I think is really cool. Yeah, it's almost like you leave that little design bubble and get to be influenced by a lot of other things. And yeah, like for me, for example, because I've always worked at small companies, like knowing the director of finance, for example, 
mm-hmm. um, and knowing that the way she would think is about the the budget and like, oh my gosh, are we spending money on this? And I'd be like, yeah, you, that's a really good point. Do we need to spend money on this or can I scale back the design a little bit and so that it makes it more affordable for us? I don't know. Yeah, it's good to have those outside influences. Hannah asked, would you recommend going right into work or taking advantage of the free time and doing a gap year to travel or do your own projects? I did a gap year, but that was after high school. So it was in between high school and university. What about you, Charlie? I did not do a gap year. I did a gap semester halfway through university because I was feeling a bit burnt out. Yeah. But I was after when I finished design school, I was just really excited to get into the world of design and to start working in it. I think that if I had taken a year off straight after school, my learning would have halted. Like even though I could have been working on my own projects or whatever, it would have halted because like looking back now, I know how much I learned in and I'm still learning, you know, in in the years after design school. So I think that would have put me behind in hunting for a job. But that said, if you finish design school and you're totally burnt out and feeling uninspired and like you're not ready to start working yet, then maybe spending some time to do your own projects and and travel a bit, whatever is going to be the right thing for you. I think it's going to depend on you as a person. And yeah, like I said, for me, it made sense to go straight into work. Yeah, I think that we all deserve a little bit of a break at some point. Uh, I mean this is from my experience but I found that having a gap year after high school was the best time for me to do that and I would you know recommend doing that to any of you listening that are still in high school I think taking a gap year after high school is really quite good for you Uh, if you are already in design school and you're thinking oh no well I didn't take a gap year uh, I think if like Charlie said basically after you graduate, that sort of three-month summer that sort of follows on straight from there, usually, like, take that and just go overseas or go and do your own projects or just do something for three months before you start real work. Uh, I would I would encourage you to do that as well, just to give yourself sort of a mental break and a mental time to refresh and come back ready to, you know, really get started. Yeah, and... I don't know. I feel torn with this. I don't want to recommend, though, that people take three months off designing because I think that I would worry then that you're going to be behind when it comes to, you know, the people you're competing with against pretty much who you graduated with for jobs because they would have may have continued learning, whereas you stopped thinking about design. And so you're bound to lose some of those skills, especially because you've only been doing it for a short number of years, you know, that you've been in, in design school. And so it's not fully formed as a habit for you yet um so I don't know keep up your learning however possible though I would say and do the things that you find fun so keep working on stuff but work on the things that you had ideas for at university but like we talked about before you didn't have time to work on because you had to spend all your creative energy on the class projects there'll be time for that now and even now that I have a full-time job, there's still time for that sort of thing because I have lots of ideas for things that aren't relevant at all to the software company that I work for. So I can spend the time to work on them outside of the nine to five or whatever, which is awesome. Yeah, that is really awesome. And I would agree, like keep learning or or keep your skills fresh somehow, even if you are going to take a small sabbatical. And like that could even be as 
low-key like if you're really burnt out and don't want to be physically designing then it could even be as low-key as you know reading books and just staying updated on the industry and you know keeping your mind active I think that's that's enough to keep it going over that period because the learning never stops throughout your whole life no right never so just because you finish design school doesn't mean you finish learning so always keep your mind open to new sources of learning I suppose that aren't from your tutors yep Well, that seems like a good note to end on for now. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I hope this episode has been, I don't know, interesting or useful to anyone who maybe is studying and wondering about life outside of design school. Or maybe if you've graduated as well and um, your experience is different from ours, we'd love to hear about it. Feel free to tweet us at designlifefm. We're always keen to chat. And if you want to listen to some of our past episodes, you can go to designlife.fm and you'll see all previous episodes as well as our newsletter which you can sign up to and you'll get exclusive updates from us when we have them yeah also just so everyone knows i'm sure that you're all smart people and you do know this but you can find us in any podcast app as well so just search for design life in there and subscribe i personally use overcast (laughs) (laughs) i don't like the overcast desktop like yes it's really a mobile app rather than yeah the desktop one is pretty average but that's just a side note (laughs) Yeah, side note, overcast desktop app is average. That is the moral of this podcast. Thank you for listening, everyone. All right, see you next week, Charlie. Bye, Bye.